What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Winners Win Podcast. Big weekend ahead of us. Eagles in Detroit kick off the 2022 season. High expectations. A lot of hype. Not just in Philadelphia, but nationally. Which I don't always love. We'll get into that. Phillies finishing up a, a, a series with the Nationals. And a little under four weeks left in the season. See if uh, they can get in the postseason for the first time in 11 years. So a lot happening in Philadelphia. Exciting times. So we'll get into it. Um, first and foremost, Phillies. Uh, I think... So I'm trying to say this without being negative, but as of today, Phillies have a three and a half game lead over the Brewers. They're a half a game behind San Diego. The Braves have recently overtaken the Mets as of last night in the NL East, which is incredible. Mets led, I believe, all year. Braves are, I think they won eight in a row. They're as hot as anybody in baseball. The hottest team in baseball. World champs. And they know it's it's game time. Looking around the league. Dodgers, still as good as anybody. Cardinals, eight game lead in the division. So that, that looks like the NL playoff picture. So really between Phillies, Padres, and Brewers, as it's been, two of those three will get in. American League, Astros probably look like the best team. Yankees have not been the same. A lot of injuries since the All-Star break. They, they're they kind of uh, limping into the postseason. So I, I have concerns about their starting pitching, but also their offense when, if unless they're healthy. Judge, though, by has been incredible. MVP, in my mind, no doubt. We'll get into that in a little bit. Tampa Bay. Wild card team. Probably not going to overtake the Yankees for the division. Yankees were too far ahead. But Tampa Bay, you got to give them credit, man. They they don't have the money, but they have scouting. They have an organization that just finds players, and they get in the postseason in that tough division with, with no payroll. Um, you got to tip your cap to them. They've been great. Uh, looks like Cleveland might win that division. Them and the White Sox and, and the Twins are pretty... Uh, I shouldn't say Cleveland will win. Cleveland's in first at the moment, but White Sox and Twins are, are pretty close behind. I think the Twins are now three and a half back, so it might be White Sox and Cleveland. Um, and Orioles, I think, are still in the mix, and, and Toronto has been good. Uh, so we'll see what happens. But Phillies, first and foremost, Phillies. I have I have some concerns. They they had a one and five trip. They came home, looked like they were going to sweep Miami. Blew that last game after after getting a lead on Alcantara. One game one in the National Series. You know they're they're beating the teams they have to beat. Uh, besides that road trip, but they're banged up. I mean Bryce doesn't look the same. Cassianos is not uh, is out, and we'll see how long that lingers. Wheeler, I, I hear that he'll probably be back, but there's not a great timetable. I know Sir Anthony 
is getting ready to come back, but as at the moment he's not here. Um, bullpen's a little depleted. Offensively, I you know there, there's issues. You know I I think Stott and Bohm have been incredible highlights of the year. Kyle Schwarber. You know, I think I think now that he's come back to life from hitting home runs, it's time. You know, we we can probably be objective talking about Kyle Schwarber. Why is this guy still leading off? He hits two twelve. He's going to strike out two hundred times. Three oh eight on base percentage. Slow, clogs the bases. Terrible left fielder. Well, I just don't understand it. If he doesn't hit a home run, which he he hasn't. He's looked very pedestrian at the plate. He had a six-week stretch, June into July, where he was on fire, hitting home runs. But if he doesn't hit home runs, he doesn't hit doubles, what does he do? I like the guy. I think he's a great leader. I think he's a locker room guy. He has a ring. But somebody has to explain to me why this guy's leading off. Again, he's going to strike out 200 times. He hits 212, and he doesn't get on base. So... Again, I, I don't want to beat him up too much, but there's concerns about the offense. JT's been great, and there's been some good good points. But September 16th to 25th, we talked about this a few weeks ago. They play Atlanta 7 out of 10, who's hot and is going to want to keep that number one spot. And they play Toronto, who's been hot. Luckily, Milwaukee plays the Cardinals, the Yankees, and the Mets. So it's no easier for them. So I still am in the same position I was in two weeks ago. I think that they will get in because I think that Milwaukee is just not good enough. But I do have some concerns. I do have some worries. I do feel like they are similar to the Yankees limping to the finish line, but they don't have the uh, luxury to be able to do that because they don't have a big lead. But it might be enough because of the Brewers... I look at the Padres' schedule is brutal. So I think they'll get in. But then the question is, what happens when they get in? And we'll get into that if they get in. I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. But the team is currently constructed, to me, today, September 10th, cannot beat the Braves, Mets, or Cardinals in a three-game series. Unless they're healthy and they're going to have to really show a lot in the next four weeks. Now, a lot can happen. Baseball's weird. It's funny. Harper could get hot, which we need at the moment. So as of today, I think they'll still get in. But I, I, have, I do have some concerns, more concerns than I had a few weeks ago because of the injuries. I, this Dave Robertson... I. He, he, he pitched bad with us. He goes to the Cubs. He's really good. Comes back. He was pretty good. He's throwing 92 miles an hour now. He was throwing 96. I don't understand why people lose velocity on this team. The other night against Miami, he comes in. I think it was a leadoff double. Reese lets a ball that is a routine ground ball that little kids make go by him. And we lose that game. Now that's the stuff that a playoff team in September, that doesn't happen. 
So, look, I'll give them credit. They turned the season around. I'll be excited to watch them if they get into October. It's fun that the last four weeks are going to be really meaningful. It hasn't happened in a long time. So I'm optimistic. They're trending in the right direction as an organization, I think. The young guys that we didn't expect, Bohm and Stott, having really, really good years, at least really good second halves. Bohm has been good for a while, but Stott, really good second half, showing that he can really hit. So there's there's reason to be op- there's a reason to be optimistic, but I but I have concerns. So keep your eye on that 16th to 25th of September. Keep your eye on that. I think in those nine games, they have to go four and five to be okay. And that you know that's not it seems like it's not asking a lot, but we just beat the Braves three out of five. Like I said, them and the Blue Jays are as hot as anybody. Braves are as hot as anybody. Blue Jays are playing well. You could, it could be two and seven with the way we are right now. Now, that could, things could change in a week. You get Sir Anthony back. I don't know. Maybe we were lucky. You're lucky and he comes back. But if that goes two and seven, you know, you might have problems. Although, like I said, Brewers and Padres have tough schedules. So we'll see. But I'll leave it at that. I have concerns. Hear that? That's the sound of a walk-off albatross, a two on a par five to win a two-day golf tournament. That shot happened to me. One in 600 million odds. Since then, people call me Albie. Now, I've told this story so often, my friends can't take it. I'm pretty sure my wife, next time I tell her, she's going to leave me. So I decided to start a podcast to tell the entire world about it because it deserves it. It's the craziest shot you've never heard of. And guess what? There's tons more stories like this all around golf. And that's what our podcast is all about. Join me and my fellow degenerates, Pan and Shepard as we dive into them. Insane bets, crazy what-if scenarios, and all the you-had-to-be-there type moments in golf. Find us wherever you get your podcast. Did I tell you about Malbatross? And I think they'll be okay ultimately, but uh, I think some things have to change. I think they will probably find their way in um, because I just don't think the other teams are good enough. So, Eagles. I wanted to get this in because before the Eagles season started. So, a couple things on the Eagles. I'm in a I'm in a really weird spot with the Eagles. I've spent a lot of time in the last week or two really thinking about the Eagles, reflecting on about the Eagles, trying to detach myself emotionally from the Eagles and think about okay, how good can they realistically be, etc. So, I'm in a tough spot. Here's my thing on the Eagles. I like the coach. And I don't know if that means he's a good, a really good coach on game day. I don't know if that means he's going to win. But I like the guy. I think he has fire. I think the players really seem to like him. He seems to get the most out of the players. We'll see, ultimately. But I do like the guy. And I don't always like the coach. I'm not one of these guys that just loves the coach. I didn't like Chip Kelly. Thought he was a fraud. Doug Peterson, look, he won a ring, so I can't bash him, but I thought at times he did weird things. Andy, the last couple years, I thought was brutal. But, so I don't always love the coach. I like this coach. I do like this coach. More than a lot of people, I like the quarterback. And 
when I say that, I don't mean that I think he's a pro bowler and he's going to win a Super Bowl. I don't, I just mean I like what he is. I like his intangibles. I like, and I've been over this a million times. I like his leadership. I like the, how much he loves football. I like how hard he works. I like the way that they all seem to like him. Every time you listen to him, he gets it. He lives, breathes, eats, sleeps football. Coachable. Athletic. Tough. Strong. But the same things from a few weeks ago we talked about. Is he accurate enough? Is his decision making good enough? Can he make quick enough decisions? And will he turn the ball over in bad spots? And I guess, you know, when they're losing by six or seven and he has the ball with three, four minutes, can he go down the field and, and tie the game? Those are all things we're going to find out. We're, we're going to find that out. I don't know those answers. Everything else he checks. I don't know the answers. As of today, he isn't that accurate. He didn't make great decisions, and he turned the ball over in bad spots. Well, as of last year. If he can correct those things, the sky's the limit. I don't know. But I like him, and I like the coach. And for years, I've been screaming, draft guys from the SEC. Draft the best athletes. They did it, finally. First time in my lifetime. I thought Howie, on paper, had a great offseason. I hated that defense last year. They were atrocious. No pressure. Brutal on third down. Were not physical. Couldn't tackle. I think, on paper, they've corrected some of that. So, here's my conundrum. I like the coach. I like the quarterback. I like what they did in the draft. I like what they did in free agency. I like the weapons. Obviously, A.J. Brown's a huge addition. I like another year of Devontae Smith. Here's my concerns. I think the running game, Miles Sanders is is constantly injured. So, I think there's a question mark in the running game. The running game was the best in the league last year. I don't know if it will reach that again, but we'll see. I, I have questions about the running game. The secondary, I have concerns. I think Darius Slay is extremely overrated. I think he gets a lot of his numbers against bad teams. And Bradbury, I can't comment on completely, but I know if he was that easy to get and that cheap, I don't know how great he is. So I have concerns. I have concerns at the safety position. So this Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, I like this guy a lot. I saw him with my own eyes. He's extremely competitive. He's physical. He runs his mouth a little bit. He's got some some toughness. He's not a safety. The reports that he was a safety, he's a slot guy. And I, whenever I watch him, he's in the slot. So I think they have concerns at safety. And I, I think they lack some depth at corner. And I'm concerned about the running game. I like their offensive line. I like their receivers. I like what they did up front. The front seven on defense, but we'll see how it we'll see how it turns out. Sec, uh, special teams. I like the kicker, but I you know we'll see about the return game. I don't know. But that being said, in my mind, I say this team's going to be better. They got better, but same thing I said a couple weeks ago. Everybody's on the Eagles. I'm hearing crazy stuff. I heard somebody say 14 wins yesterday. 14 and three. 14 and 3. You know how hard it is to win 14 games in the NFL? Everybody's all over them. NFC East, 
Guaranteed. Stephen A. Smith's of the world. All these guys. National, too. National. Rich Eisen. All these guys on ESPN. All these shows all over the Eagles. NFC East. Run away with. NFC uh, contenders to win the whole NFC. Super Bowl possibilities. This is the expectation. As Jason Kelsey said, expectations mean nothing. You have to go out and... This team hasn't played a game together. There's a lot of new pieces. There's a lot of things to come together. In my lifetime, when the expectations for the Eagles are this high, they don't meet it. Maybe this team's different. Maybe they have a different makeup. I think one of the things is all most of the guys on this team in the big spots have been expected to win since they've been young in high school. They've gone to big-time schools, Alabama, Heard Jalen Hurts saying the other day, you know, I like it because at Alabama we weren't we were expected to win every game. So they, they're used to that kind of expectation. So maybe it'll be different. But man, I got a weird vibe. I'm thinking more nine, ten wins if healthy in that ballpark. I hope I'm wrong. Because I really like these guys. I like this team. The first Eagles team I've liked in a while. Here's another thing I'm going to get ripped for. I'm worried about tomorrow. I think this Detroit team is a little bit better than people think. They'll be fired up at home. New coach who I like. Tough. And I'll give you a stat. Teams that have been on Hard Knocks on HBO, the show, which Detroit was on this year, and week one are home underdogs are 4 no. I don't know what that means, but interesting stat just to kind of play around with. But I, I'm worried about the game tomorrow. I think they could lose tomorrow. I think they could lose tomorrow. Hope I'm wrong. Might be good for them though. Because I feel like they're I feel like the players are letting this hype get to them as well. I heard Hassan Reddick say, best defense I've ever played on. They haven't played one snap together. One snap. Best defense they've ever played on. I got guys on the radio saying top three defense in the NFL. Have not played one snap. Means nothing. Here's what I want to see. Can you get off the field on third down? I don't care if you have 10 Hall of Famers. Can you get off the field on third down? You have to show it. So I don't care about who they've acquired. I'm excited about it. But I think that there's... You have to prove it. So until they prove it, I don't buy in all this noise. And I think the players are buying into it, which uh, some of them at least, which worries me. So maybe a loss to Detroit might not be a bad thing. Knock them off their, their pedestal a little bit. Realize that nothing's going to be handed to them and, and gear back up. But So that's my, that's my thoughts on the Eagles. Um, Sixers. I'll just touch on the Sixers real quick. They've added another Houston Rocket to the team, former Rocket. They are now the Philadelphia Rockets. The 2022 Philadelphia Rockets is my new nickname. I got guys on Twitter this week arguing with me that the process was a success. I don't know what kind of spell that organization put on this fan base, this cult-like fan base. I don't know how you can articulate that argument in any reasonable fashion. 
They have not been past the second round since that thing started. I don't know where that logic applies anywhere else in life. I gave a guy on Twitter an analogy. I said, if I was a track runner and I finished seventh in the race and I said, hey, I'm probably going to finish worse the next couple of years because I'm going to put some muscle on, but ultimately it's going to help me get quicker and stronger, blah, blah, blah. And I come back in 10 years and I still haven't finished better than seventh in the race. Would you say that's a success? Any way you apply that logic. If I told you to invest in a stock and 10 years later, uh, you didn't make any more money than you made previously, would you say that was a good investment? No. I don't know how you argue it, but there are guys arguing it, calling me crazy. The process was about acquiring assets. They got Joel Embiid. I don't care if they got Larry Bird in his prime. If you don't get out of the second round, it means nothing. I So what? I waited 10 years and went through five bad years to watch Joel Embiid wear a mask and do airplane moves on the court and do Hulu commercials? I don't. What does that mean? I could care less. Have they been to a conference final? No. Have they been to an NBA final? No. Have they been close? Eh, well, they were in a game seven against Toronto. Uh, that was their closest. Since then, not really. The game seven against Atlanta was, I guess, kind of close, but embarrassing. And since then, no. So I don't, I don't get it. I don't get why people defend it. I don't know why people can't just say, hey, it's done. I think they're back in, in, in a bad place. So we'll see who's right. They've, they've, they've figured out, Daryl Morey has figured out how to get this team excited again. I see a team that's old, getting, getting older. I see an aging P.J. Tucker, an aging James Harden, Jim Harden, I'm sorry. Guys that, eh, a little more athletic, a little tougher maybe, a little better defensively, but I, I, I think their best days are behind them. I don't, I don't see this. Joel Embiid's not getting younger and healthier. But the fans are hyped. It reminds me of the Horford-Richardson year when they lost J.J. Redick and Jimmy Butler and they said, oh, we're great this year. I don't see it. I don't know where they got great. I don't. I mean, they, maybe they got a little tougher mentally, which they need it. But as long as the main guy, Joel Embiid, is soft, which he will always be, it doesn't matter to me. Because he's the guy that has to take you over the top. P.J. Tucker's not winning you a championship. Joel Embiid and Jim Harden have to win you a championship. And they are both guys that quit. They're mentally weak guys. I don't. James Harden can get in the best shape he wants. Never going to make him run back on defense. Never going to make him stop turning the ball over. It's not going to make him uh, five years younger. And it's not going to make him play uh, with more mental toughness. I'm sorry. Now, is he a guy that shot? Probably not completely. He has something to give you. Could probably give you 18, 20 points, six, seven assists. Okay. But he's not the guy. So my question to Daryl Morey, these guys don't ask it. If I was in the room, I'd say, Daryl, you're creating a team from five years ago in Houston that was pretty good, but they weren't able to get to a final then with a young MVP, James Harden, a younger PJ Tucker. These guys are younger. What makes you think they're going to get there now? And why should we believe that they will? 
So I think this this franchise has has it's been the greatest hoax ever perpetuated on a fan base. They continue to get away with it. Until the fans wise up, they will continue to do it. And I don't see anything but uh but down from here until they, they learn from their mistakes and move on and admit their mistakes. Last thing on uh, I wanted to say, I mentioned earlier, MVP, American League. I, I know this has been a hot topic. Um, Aaron Judge or Otani. I am lost on this. Aaron Judge plays in New York on the Yankees. They will be in the postseason. They've had tons of injuries. He's carried them. I believe he has 55 home runs. Don't quote me on that. It might be 54. I believe it's 55. Either way, it's close. Um, He's having an all-time year on an all-time team. And you have a guy who... Yeah, he does. He's dynamic. He pitches and hits, but his team is not even close to the postseason. I think they had a 14 game losing streak. Their manager was fired. Blah, 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 blah. It's not, to me, the one guy's MVP. And if Otani gets the MVP, then the, then the award no longer means anything. And it's just a popularity contest of, of a guy. Okay, he does a lot of things. He's versatile. I, I don't take anything away from Otani. He's a great player, but. This is no this is not even questionable anymore. Aaron Judge is MVP. It's over. And anyone who doesn't vote for Aaron Judge should be kicked off of the committee. And that that that's all I'll say on that. I'll have a I'll give a pick. Um right now I'll give my pick of the week. My pick of the week, believe it or not, is going to be a weird pick. I like the Carolina Panthers. I believe it's even money. Pick them. In Carolina, Baker Mayfield, a revenge game against Cleveland. I like that game. Don't. It's not a loaded, love it game, but I like that game to start the season. A lot of tough games, a lot of interesting games. Russell Wilson in Seattle uh, should be a fun one. So NFL kickoff. We'll have analysis next week on Eagles game. Little Eagles uh, after action report. Hopefully, have a better view of Phillies. Um, if they can hang in there and keep this lead, and we'll keep this thing rolling. All right, guys, enjoy. Thanks.